You're listening to Policy Currents, a weekly podcast from the RAND Corporation. I'm Evan Banks. And I'm Deanna Lee. Every Friday, we bring you new insights from RAND's latest research and commentary. It's September 13th. Following the devastation from Hurricane Dorian, the Bahamas faces some difficult decisions. Where will it send the next rescue crew? How will it distribute food and water? And how will it turn the power back on? These choices will shape the Bahamas' recovery, and according to RAND experts, they may come with complicated trade-offs. What's more, experiences after previous natural disasters suggest that well-intentioned responses can sometimes backfire and harm vulnerable populations. For example, after Hurricanes Irma and Maria ravaged Puerto Rico, Officials closed schools to prevent students and teachers from being exposed to structural damage, mold, and vermin. When it came time to decide which schools would reopen, those in more remote communities were more likely to stay shuttered. Research from previous disasters has shown that students from closed schools suffer academically and have poorer quality of life over the long term. So how can governments responding to a disaster like Dorian prevent unintended consequences like this? Brand experts have some recommendations. First, include an equity impact assessment as part of the rebuilding process. This involves weighing the short- and long-term effects of proposed decisions. This can be done relatively quickly and cheaply. Second, focus recovery efforts on collaboration bringing together government, nonprofit, and private sector partners to provide services or programs could improve overall efficiency. And finally, allow for flexibility in how recovery dollars are spent. Investments in more sustainable development can help avoid wasting money on temporary fixes to long-term problems. Implementing strategies like these could help the Bahamas as it undertakes the challenging work of recovery. With some luck, it may become even more resilient than before the storm. Many U.S. competitors, most notably Russia and China, engage in hostile social manipulation. This includes activities such as conducting targeted social media campaigns, spreading conspiracy theories, and creating sophisticated forgeries. These tactics are meant to produce harmful social, political, and economic outcomes by affecting people's beliefs, attitudes, and behaviors. A RAND report released last week explores this phenomenon. It finds that Russia and China view these techniques as a source of leverage relative to open societies. And both countries believe they're engaged in an information war with the West. In fact, Moscow and Beijing are investing hundreds of millions of dollars in hostile social manipulation efforts. While there is little conclusive evidence about how effective hostile social manipulation is, the evolution of technology, coupled with the malicious intent of some world powers, could make these techniques more effective over time. The report concludes that the U.S. and other democracies need a better framework for thinking about this growing threat. And importantly, there may be a limited window of opportunity to develop defenses against it. The authors highlight an urgent need for Washington to engage in research on the tactics and reach of hostile social manipulation. There is one silver lining, though. Foreign efforts to manipulate a society are only as effective as that society's vulnerability allows them to be. Wednesday marked 18 years since the 9-11 terrorist attacks. 
Al Qaeda looks remarkably different today than it did in 2001. Intensive counterterrorism pressure in Afghanistan and Pakistan has left behind an aging and increasingly disconnected central leadership, and the emergence of ISIS has left Al Qaeda struggling to compete for global jihadist primacy. Rand's Colin Clark and Charles Lister of the Middle East Institute recently wrote about this. They note that. Following the death of Osama bin Laden and the onset of the Arab Spring uprisings, Al Qaeda changed its strategy. Some experts have called the group's new approach controlled pragmatism, or strategic patience. Whatever you call it, Al Qaeda has been quietly and patiently rebuilding itself, while deliberately letting ISIS bear the brunt of Western counterterrorism. Policymakers must now ask themselves what this change means. Does the absence of high-profile attacks suggest a lack of capability, or does it merely suggest a shift in Al Qaeda's priorities? According to Clark and Lister, there's plenty of evidence that the group remains a threat. Quote, After two turbulent decades following its most spectacular mission, Al Qaeda has settled down and is once again intensely focused on attacking the West. Rand's Courtney Weinbaum began her career as an intelligence officer, designing advanced sensors for intelligence gathering. Now she's a senior management scientist at Rand. Weinbaum's recent research has focused on challenges facing the intelligence community. She has also examined artificial intelligence as one potential solution to meet those challenges. The area of intelligence is ripe for AI and machine learning, she says. That's because time is such a vital factor in decision making. Sometimes there are only seconds or minutes to act, but AI also poses some serious risks. Here's Weinbaum. Artificial intelligence is one of those new emerging technologies that we're helping intelligence agencies look at. What does it mean to them, and what do they need to be considering? We hear a lot of discussion out of Silicon Valley and other parts of the world about concerns on the ethics of artificial intelligence. These what-if scenarios. We've seen these flash crashes in the stock market because of algorithms gone awry, and we've started asking questions like, what happens if you have that the equivalent of those kinds of algorithms that are doing your intelligence? What if the algorithm is wrong? What if the algorithm tells you that an adversary is about to attack and you have to respond immediately, and the president has to come to this decision: Do I hit the button or not? But the algorithm was wrong, or the algorithm was gamed by the adversary's own algorithms. So we're working with intelligence agencies to help them figure out what do I need to think about before I im- implement these technologies. The technologies will provide a great deal of value to intelligence agencies that have huge amounts of data to process. So there's opportunity there, and we're helping them think through it. This is just one of the many topics Weinbaum discusses in a new Q and A. She also covers ethics in scientific research, what got her started in the field, and she gives some advice to young women looking to pursue a similar career. You can read the complete interview on the Rand blog. The U.S. has experienced two decades of setbacks abroad. Afghanistan and Iraq became quagmires. Al Qaeda spread in new forms throughout the Muslim world. And Russia and China became more hostile. According to Rand's James Dobbins, these problems have not resulted from external forces. They've been self-inflicted, the result of flawed policy rather than any decisive shift in the global balance of power. But the decline in American influence doesn't have to be irreversible, he says. Dobbins recalls how the U.S. recovered after the Vietnam War and emerged victorious from the Cold War. Quote, America's global standing was not restored by cutting back its commitments. 
Instead, its leaders re-emphasized the qualities of statecraft that had characterized U.S. policy in the early years of the Cold War, strength and constancy guided by prudence and restraint. Dobbins notes that the U.S. is not in a new Cold War, but the lessons of that earlier recovery of American influence remain sound. In particular, Washington should focus on restoring Western solidarity, providing dependable leadership, and occupying the moral high ground. RAND is a nonprofit institution that helps improve policy and decision making through research and analysis. For more on what we covered this week, check the show notes at rand.org/podcast. We'll see you next week.